Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest is Jesse Cruz. And he says, live your dash, discovering the eight Fs to freedom. What are those eight Fs? What does he mean by living that dash? Have you ever had a feeling that there is something greater in this life? He says, the good news is that there is something bigger waiting for you. Time will not wait for you. You must act now. Life is short. From the time you take your first breath, and breath until your last, there is a line separating life and afterlife. That line between those two dates is known as the dash. The dash we have all seen on the tombstones before we're reminded that life on earth does have an expiration date. Before that, that time comes, you have a decision to make to reach your goals. By achieving these goals, you leave a legacy, a life of purpose that will be passed on to someone who um, comes after you. Jesse Cruz is the founder of Jesse Cruz Enterprise. He's a motivational keynote speaker, grief coach, personal development coach, author, veteran, and advocate. He inspires others to overcome their challenges and achieve their goals. Jesse speaks and coaches at all events around the world, even if it is just by Zoom right now. His passion is to empower men to heal from the loss and motivation uh, people and motivate people to achieve their true potential through the coaching programs. Jesse empowers his clients to overcome adversity and develop success in their personal professional lives. He's the author of Live Your Dash, a book written to guide people um, by freedom, to freedom by discovering their purpose. His latest book, um, Losing Faith, uh, helping people to inspire hope and his passion and abilities to connect his audience uh, are a matched and have made him a highly sought out speaker of top organizations, including the Ronald McDonald House. And he was honored by the number one dad award from his daughter. So that is the best award you can get ever, right? <laughs> well, Absolutely. Love. Thank <laughs> you, you so can, much, sir. Oh, pleasure. If you can get the kids approval, yeah, that's it. You've done it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a veteran. Um, I actually do have a genre, a veteran story. So what was, um, what was your duty there? Um, so I was stationed at Fort Hood, Texas in the U.S. Army. And I went over to Iraq in 2009 for one year. And my responsibility was to op uh, generator operations. And no longer um, with the Army? Nope. I was in for four years and then I... Completed my term and got out. Yes, <laughs> good that you got out. Um, so you understand, you know, you grief coach. A lot of people don't understand. You know, we say, okay, just work through the process. You know, go through it, come out the other end. You know, deal with it, face it. But what people don't understand is that we all are suffering from some kind of loss, whether it's a loss of self, a loss of things around us. We have to grieve the person we've lost or the people we've lost or the lifestyle we've lost before we can move on. Absolutely. I mean, no matter what, especially in the year 2020, mm. everybody lost something, Yeah. whether that was your health, your freedom, a loved one, a relationship, a business, a job, finances, we all had had to grieve something. And I think when people think of grief, they just think somebody had to die. Yeah. And it's not just a person who died. It could be a dream that died, mm -hmm. an opportunity that died. And so I think we just need to realize that we're all grieving. And the people who are not grieving are usually going to be stuck in that moment. So it's important to grieve your losses in a healthy way so you can learn how to cope and how to get healthy. And it's also that beautiful gift of self of vulnerability and that it's okay to break down. It's okay to cry. It's okay to say, I, I'm hurting. 
because that's kind of that first step to recovery, isn't it? You know, it there is this facade that we've all got to sack it up and be tough. But then what we start seeing is dis-ease and the body starts breaking down, the mental aspects start breaking down, relationships break down. So if we don't take care of that grieving, if we if we're not willing to be vulnerable and and simply let it out and cry, you know, we we are going to manifest it in other ways, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah, and it will come out like if, you know, for me personally, when I was going through some challenges in my grief and my loss that I started to see how it affected my marriage, mm. my relationship with my kids, affected me at work, affected my mental health. And so I had to realize, like, I got to be bold enough to want to heal and also be courageous enough to talk about what's hurting me. Because until you can mm -hmm. identify what has wounded you, you, you do not know where to begin to heal. That's like going to a hospital and the doctor says, where does it hurt? And you say, I don't know. I don't want to tell you. Well, that means you're not ready to be healed. Yeah. You don't want to get well. So you must identify what is bothering you and then seek the help to help get the cure. And, and sometimes, no, you can't articulate that. You don't know what's hurting or you don't know where, where it's come from. You know, your four years as a soldier, you know, you've seen things and done things that clearly are going to leave a mark. And however much you progress in life, you know, they, they may still show their face uh, now and again. But if you've gone through that grieving, if you've dealt with it, you can release it. It doesn't mean you never forget it. Uh, or that it's never going to show its face again, but you know how to deal with it when it comes up. You don't get attached to the pain of it. Exactly. You got that right. That's a good way to put it, for sure. I think one of the, the big problems that we have, and especially with men, because it seems that most of the people you deal with are men. Well, yeah, I mean, so I mean, interacting with men, working with men, um, but I work with women as well. I, I work with people basically who want to get better and mm -hmm. whatever that may be, you know, I mean, whether that's just talking about the grief or wanting to share their story or just need somebody to talk to. I mean, it's important to have those people in your life. And when you identify who those people are, yeah. it's going to put you in the best position possible to take the next step on your journey. Do you find that, you know, especially right now, as, as you said, like there isn't anybody that hasn't been touched by this pandemic in some form or other. Do you find that sometimes you come across people, they feel, well, you know, others have had it worse than me. You know, I like what I've been through is nothing. And that they're, they're not willing to face it because they feel almost guilty that it hasn't been as bad as somebody else's. I mean, what I've realized is that people's pain is people's pain. Exactly. And I don't ever want to get caught up in the comparison game of mm -hmm. this or that. But, you know, it's also acknowledging that we're all, you know, I've heard it put to me this way, like especially through 2020 and, and into this year, we're all in the same storm. Yes. But we're not, but we're not all in the same boat. Right. Because some of us are riding through this storm on a yacht. <laughs> some of us are on a paddle boat. And some of us are holding on for dear life on some piece of driftwood. Mm -hmm. uh, we're all in the storm but we're just all in different parts of the storm. Yeah, and you know, you, you can't say anything is more important than the other. Obviously, there are more situations that are more dire and more life-threatening, so you need to deal with them. And of course, what we're seeing a pandemic of right now is depression, is almost post-traumatic stress from, from the pandemic. And that depression is really raising its head because people have had to come face to face with themselves, you know, things they've been running from for so long, those little demons in their lives that, you know, no, 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 if I ignore it, 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 it's not going to affect me. And this whole slowdown, you know, my word for last year was reflection. It's the time to reflect on your life. Are you going in the right direction? Are you honoring your own gift? Have you come to terms with the things that are, that are haunting you? And that slowdown for some people has been a godsend, um, but for other people, it's been a nightmare, hasn't it? Absolutely. Depending on, you know, I mean, for me, I'll speak on me personally, like when this pandemic started last year, you know, it took a toll on me mentally, you know what I mean? And I, because what happens is when life is slowed down, like when the pandemic was at its peak last year, what it forced it, 
what it forces every human being to do is to reflect. Yes. And because now there's not all the running around, there's not all the responsibilities, there's not all these places you need to be. You just need to be at home with your family. And once you have all that time together with your loved ones, all those issues and problems that were pushed to the bottom of the calendar and the schedule start to pop up and they start to spring up out of nowhere. And that's because we never took the time to deal with them because someone like myself, I was jam packing my schedule so much that I didn't want to deal with the issues that I had going on within myself. Mm. When the pandemic came, the whole world stopped and I still had all these issues. Now they're coming out. Now I'm having more conflict with people. Yes. Yes. And you know, the biggest conflict you have is the, the person in the mirror, right? That's where it all started, you know, and I, that time I was going through, I was like, I didn't even, I think the pandemic, it helped reveal mm -hmm. people's true character. That's yes. what it did for me. And let me tell you what, for those first few months, it was terrifying mm -hmm. because I didn't realize there was so many parts about myself I didn't like. That's because I tried to suppress it all. Mm -hmm. And the pandemic just exposed who I really was. And I was like, man, you know, I'm glad that this has happened in my life because it's given me time to reflect and learn and grow and time for me to change. And that's the thing you may you may have a reflection back in the mirror of somebody you don't like, but that doesn't mean you have to stay stuck there or you have to persecute yourself or punish yourself. You're already doing that. It is an awareness of, oh, my God, I didn't know that was going on. Now I know better. I can seek the help I need to do better. Yeah, so for sure. Definitely, you know, for me, when I was going through it, I said, uh, I need to get better. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I. I knew that there was a lot of issues that I had going on in my life because of how much time I had to think. Mm -hmm. And one of the, the most difficult things for a human being to do is to sit alone in a room by themselves and think. Yeah. Most people cannot do that. It sounds so easy, but to get away from a phone, a TV, people, all responsibilities, and to sit in a room by yourself and truly think about who you are and what's going on in the world and really reflect on who you are is one of the scariest things. That's why no one does it. That's why right. they jam pack schedules. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, why so many people can't do meditation. You know, just that being still and being silent and hearing the inner thoughts. And, you know, um, you know, being, you know, being the mountain amongst the chaos. Um, it, it's a place that people don't want to go to because that's where the chatter comes up. But, you know, that chatter is there for a reason. It's a conversation with self that you have to have. And if you, if you ignore it, it's just going to get louder and keep chasing you. So we really do have to have those moments where we come face to face with self, don't we? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, it's one of the hardest things to do mm. is to really not just look in the mirror, but observe that reflection. Yeah. And without the persecution, because it's your experiences that have, that have brought you to who you are today, right? And reactions to those experiences. So you have to look at it, you know, it's not about punishing yourself. It's about releasing yourself and choosing yeah. a different path because you know that this path is not serving you. And if it's not serving you, then it's not serving anyone around you. Yeah, and learning how to break you know, the habits that no longer serve you mm -hmm. can be a scary thing to do because it's what's comfortable and people love comfortable. Yes. In even in their pain, right? Even in their pain. <laughs> even, even if it's pain and yes. chaos, if they've yes. been doing it their whole life, that's what they know. <laughs> and, you know, for me, there was parts of my life where I was stuck in pain and chaos, but that's all I knew. So I yeah. just wanted to stay in it. I mean, this is, I think, well, you know, Many a time, if you peel back the onion of someone who's who's committed a crime or done something, you know, and it's like, why did they do that? Well, if that's if they're coming from a world that where that that pattern is all they've known, if this is in a system that they've grown in and that's all they've known, then it's very hard to kind of call them on it and go, it, it was wrong because in their world, it wasn't wrong. That behavior wasn't necessarily wrong. It was what was done to them. So therefore, they've just continued the pattern. So we have to look at the, those patternings. And I think this is what the gift of 2020 was for many people, is looking at those patterns that we've got into a loop and going, okay, is this even my choice? 
or am I repeating a pattern that was imposed upon me? And you, you know, it was the time to take back your life and make your own decisions, choose your own positive living in moving forward. Absolutely. 2020 was, it was kind of like, to me, it's a breakthrough year. Yeah. But before you get through a breakthrough, you got to break down. Yes, yes. It broke me down, but also yeah. built me back up to have the biggest breakthrough of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's not necessarily what happens to a person. It's what you do with what happens to you. Yes. That is a very big key point. There isn't anybody that goes through life without something happening to them. How we react to it and what we choose to do with it is really the big question. And some people just want retaliation, just want to make someone pay for the pain. Other people realize that pain was for me to discover how strong I am, how courageous I am, what abilities I have, and what purpose I'm really here for. So everything really does come back down to choice, doesn't it? I can ignore it or I can address it. And let me tell you what, a lot of times ignoring it just seems easier. It does. Because it's a lot less painful for the short term. For the short term. It's always going to catch up, isn't it? Always. always. You can't always. escape it. You can't outrun yourself, <laughs> however okay. much you try. Um, we've seen a great deal more addiction in this last year, uh, and that is people running from themselves, you know, running from that silence or that, that self-reflection. And it doesn't matter how hard you run, um, you're going to fall at some point. And that's what I call the cosmic two by four. And, you know, how you rise up is your choice. And there, there's always a new growth that's waiting to come out of you. How do you motivate people to kind of go, okay, you've bottomed out. You know, you've bottomed out, you, you've fallen, but you know, you're wearing a t-shirt says together we stand. How do you help people get back up? and stand tall in their own lives again. I realize there's, there's something more for them than what has been. Well, I think one of the most important things in motivating people is for them to see somebody else who's done it. Yes. So for a lot of times when I go to speak and coach, I will openly share my pain and my struggles because I went through a significantly traumatic event and I had a decision to make while I was going through that. That it almost ended my life because of the depression started to take over. Mm. But instead of allowing it to destroy my life, it actually rebuilt my life. Yes. And when you're able to articulate it, that no matter what you go through is, is what you go through is what you grow through. Yes. And that was something I had to grow through. Although it was painful, it's also it's a path to the purpose. Mm -hmm. And no pain, no pain that is allowed in your life is meant to destroy you. Right. It's all plan to build you up and in the moment it feels like it's crushing you and the weight is overwhelming but once you get the supports that you need you will see that it's possible to heal from any event amen to that i mean that is one of the life lessons we're here for it doesn't matter whether you you know you're on that piece of driftwood or whether you're in the yacht, you know, somewhere on the line, we've all got a lesson that we have to learn because that's what life is about. Um, discovering our resilience, discovering our meaningful purpose, how to get back up again. People go, well, why did this happen to me? But when you go through the process, you come out the other end, you understand why. Because now you're an inspiration that begets invitation to others. Right, for sure. Do you find that people will face themselves better when they hear it coming from somebody else. You know, I know in the nine years I've been doing these shows and over 2000 shows, the inspiration does beget the invitation, that inspiration of, well, if they can do it, if they can face that and they've stood back up again, surely I can. Have you found that being an effect with the people that you speak with? Yeah, absolutely. Because when I'm sharing on a stage or I'm, having a conversation with somebody and they hear about this traumatic event that happened in my life back in 2017, what it does, it gives them permission to know that it's okay that they went through the pain. Doesn't make yeah. the pain. Okay. Doesn't mean the pain was, was something they enjoyed, but it gives them permission to know that, Hey, 
he went through it. I'm going through it. He came throughout the other side and is healing, and so can I. So I think sharing your story is mm. literally giving permission to the world to heal. Amen to that. Absolutely. We seek permission, don't we? You know, it's somehow we're waiting for people to say, it's okay. It's okay to break down. It's okay to face your demons. It's okay to place nurturing and love upon yourself. It's okay to go through that process and be vulnerable and ask for help. Because I think we've been taught for so long now, tough it up. You know, that nobody wants to know. Keep it to yourself. You know, snap out of it. And that isn't the way to go, is it? Right. You got that right. My father was a, a fighter pilot in the war, Second World War. And when he came back out of his squadron, there were three of them left out of the years they've been flying. Uh, one died and, and then the next one just said one day, I'm tired, sat down and died. And my dad at the age of 45 died of a heart attack. And a lot of the problem was this. They came back from the war. Now you must resume life. Bury everything that you did or that you saw or how it made you feel and get on with life. There was no such thing as post-traumatic stress or downloading or letting something go or talking about it. You had to suck it up, the stiff upper lip. That has so backfired on people, hasn't it? It doesn't matter what trauma you go through. You have to face it or you will always be a prisoner of it. People who, you know, and I've been one of these people, so I feel like this, I'm talking to myself when I say this, is the longer you hold the pain inside, the more it consumes you. Yes. And the sooner you're able to be free enough to talk about it, you literally have taken yourself out of the cell of imprisonment, of pain and torture. And you have this key in your hand. And the key is the freedom to speak up and share your pain and hurt with another person and set yourself free. Yeah. We have the key all the time. And the other big thing is do not speak your truth with an apology. You have got nothing to apologize for. And again, it, it doesn't matter how big the, the event has been or the events have been or the, the issue that is there. Again, not competitive. It's not about measurement. It's how it's affected you. And if it's eating you up and imprisoning you, then you, know, you are the victim of it. And you allow whoever's done this to you or whatever has done this to you to keep vic excuse me, victimizing you. And the only way to be free of that victimization is to take hold of your own life and your own choices. So you need to stand up. This is the key. I'm unlocking the door. I'm letting myself out and I'm willing to go through that process without apology. And the only permission I need is from me. Got that right. The effect that it has on other people. Um, we see this when, you know, I don't know if you were married at the time, but we see when somebody is, is coming out of that cell, so to speak, facing whatever the demons are, going through the grief and the process. Very often a loved one or loved ones or friends around it don't know what to do, don't know how to be supportive and very often make themselves scarce. We really need, as your t-shirt says, to stand together. Sometimes all you have to be is just be a sounding board or be arms around somebody. You don't have to be the psychiatrist, but don't desert someone, right? Yeah, I think what I've learned is sometimes the deeper the pain, the less you have to say. Mm. So people think when someone goes through loss and a traumatic event, that they have to have a quote, a scripture, they must have the right words to say. And what I've realized is that what people really need is you have to say anything, yeah. just be there. Yeah. With love, with caring, with kindness, with understanding, all of these kind of ingredients, you may not understand what someone's going through, but you know they're going through pain. If they were lying in a hospital bed with an illness, you don't know what pain they're going through, but you are compassionate and you're there to support them. So why can't we support people when they're going through traumatic pain? 
post-traumatic pain and help them through that? Why do we feel awkward around that? I think for a couple of reasons. One, it's it's not really talked about enough. Right. Um, so people don't have the education and experience to do it. And then the other part of that, I think, is that people are uncomfortable because if they're going to step into someone else's pain, that means they're also going to probably have to address some of their own. Yeah. And they don't feel comfortable with that either. So it's easier sometimes for someone you know who's going through a loss, a traumatic event, sometimes it's easier for the person to just say and do nothing because if they say the wrong thing or they yeah. say the wrong, do the wrong thing, they're going to feel uncomfortable and weird. So they just do nothing. Yeah. And again, all right, say nothing. If you can literally say to someone, I don't know what to say, but I'm here for you. That's all somebody wants to hear, right? When they're exactly. going through something, I'm here for you. Whatever you need from me, just ask. Nobody's asking you to say the right words other than I'm here from you, for you and whatever you need from me. And really mean it, <laughs> right? Right, no, right. right? Really mean it, not just, you know, uh, and, and then you're unavailable when somebody actually, because for someone to pick up the phone and actually call you and say, I need you, that took a lot of courage for them to do that. So please be available, <laughs> right? You can be, exactly. make a big difference. Now let's talk about the dash, um, live your dash. What do you actually mean um, about that? So everybody has a birth date and an expiration date. Mm -hmm. And the dash is the dash on a tombstone. It's the time that you have while you're here on earth. And what is it that you're going to do with the time you've been given? Because you never really know when you're going to pass away. Right. And so people should be intentional about what they do with that dash. Because although it's a small part of a tombstone, it's the duration of your entire life. Put in that little dash. And when your time is done, what are, gonna, what are people going to say about that dash? Mm -hmm. Are you going to be able to be proud of what you've done with that dash time that you've been given here on earth so for people who want to live their dash they must follow these eight steps in these eight different areas of life to help them have the freedom that they're seeking and what are those steps the very first one i start off in the book is focus yes and so because we're our energy where your flows so what you think about you will become what what you think about you will also do your greatest action is rooted in your greatest thought so every single person needs to be intentional about what they're thinking about because what you think about is what you eventually will become. Sorry, allergies. <laughs> Nose is going to get me. Please continue. <laughs> so that's yeah, so the I first one. Off, yep. So I start off with the, the book with focus and then I transition over to fitness, the importance of exercise. So when people hear fitness, they think, oh, I got to go to a gym. Mm -hmm. And that's not always the case because you can work out at home. You can go for a walk around yes. your neighborhood. You can do all kinds of exercise that doesn't require gym equipment or membership or weights or anything like that. There's things online, YouTube, free stuff that anybody can do, literally anyone can do. And also fitness is not just your physical body. It's how you exercise your mind mm -hmm. because your mind is like a muscle. And the more you exercise it and work it out, the better and sharper and stronger it's going to be. So that would also require for you to, whether it's reading books or going to a conference or a networking event or learning a new skill, challenging yourself, those are all ways to have the exercise of your mind, the fitness of your mind to grow and you get your mind and your body to work together to be more healthy. And the next one. And then the next one I talk about is finances because everybody has a dream. Everyone has a goal. And when you have a dream and a goal, it's going to cost you something and you must have an understanding of your finances. You must be financially responsible, financially educated and stable enough to make those dreams a reality. So people who don't, use their money wisely can and money is just a tool it's neither yes. good nor bad right. it's just a tool if it gets into the hands of the wrong person mm -hmm. that money literally becomes a magnifier of the person the, the person's character yeah and so if you're trying to live your best possible life you need to be mature enough responsible enough to handle the money that comes into your life or that money that was supposed to be a good thing can ruin your life I so agree. people need to be financially educated on what to do with the finances that they mm -hmm. have next one Number four is fun. This mm -hmm. is one that children never have a problem with. <laughs> it's just us, it's us adults that struggle with this. One. I know. Why? Because, <laughs> because the reason we struggle with it is because we think once we become adults, the fun's supposed to stop. I think it's supposed to just be start beginning. Yes. The reason why I say that is because 
we have different perspectives now. So our funds can adapt and change over the course of time, but it's the responsibilities. It's paying the bills. It's going to work. Mm. It's the stress. It's the worry. We get ourselves wrapped up into so many things, listening to what's going on in the media that we forget to enjoy our lives. Yes. So we're, we're working so hard for what? To be right. stressed out, worried, pay bills, and then die. I think there's more to life than that. So we need to be childlike, yeah. even though we're adults. Think like a child when it comes to that, because children always find a way to have fun. As we're adults, it becomes literally a task to do mm. it. Let your sillies out, right? Just, you know, be silly, Billy. And I think this is why being around kids at that time or animals or anything like that, you know, we can tap into their fun and then find that fun within ourselves. But yeah, we become so uptight. Loosen up, folks. You know, life is to be enjoyed. What is the next one? So there's four more. Those are the first four. The next four, the, the, number five would be friendship. So mm. you become who you hang with for good or for bad. You know, for someone who wants to be healthy, you hang around a bunch of healthy people, what's going to naturally happen is that your lifestyle and your habits are going to change to match those habits of the frequency around you. And the same is true in the negative. If you're trying to, for someone who wants to be sober and they're hanging out with someone mm -hmm. who's on drugs, eventually they're going to relapse. They're eventually going to fall back into the same habits again. So anything that you're striving for in life, surround yourself with people who are already doing the thing yeah. that you desire to do. So people need to be very careful with the people they choose to call their friend, because whether they realize it or not, their friends are literally influencing the path that you're going to be on five to 10 years from now. I'm going to in interject something I used to use in my own counseling practice is that you take a, a ruler of 12 inches and your six to 12 inches are various degrees of positivity. People who've chosen to, to live in, in the light. And your one to three are piranhas and your four to, you know, the four and five are the recoverers. They're the people that are, have chosen to do the work, to, to step into that positive realm. If you're still around the piranhas, every time you gain some positive energy and moving forward, they're going to suck the life right back out of you. So it is absolutely essential that either you shut yourself off from people altogether initially, or you make sure that you are around the right people, reading the right books, around the right energy, because that will propel you forward. And if not, you're going to be right back to, to ground zero again as well. So very good point. So, so the next one is family. Mm -hmm. And so we all have a family of origin. We all have a mom and a dad. And sometimes that mom and dad didn't do what they were supposed to do. Sometimes they did. But either way, no matter if you had the greatest parents in the world or you had no parents at all, our decisions, our thought processes, our beliefs are influenced by them. And so for me, when I came to start my own family, you know, having my, my own spouse and my own children, I had to decide which of those family of origin beliefs, attitudes, and mindsets am I going to take with me into my marriage, into raising my children? So you must be careful about the things that happen in your childhood, because if you don't address them, they're going to carry over into your adulthood and you can pass them along to your children and in your marriage. So for family, everybody, including myself, must be careful about what we allow in from our past into a present, which will lead to the uh, you know, all the more reason that you need to do the work. Um, whenever you step into a relationship, somebody's going to love you in the light that you shine. Uh, but if your light is dimmed, um, you know, it's that is you're not going to be able to kind of give that love back. Uh, we owe it to the people around us, to the people that uh, we wish to love, to be that abundant light within ourselves. So the faster we do the work, the more we do the work, the better we are as human beings in making a good match and then bringing yourself to the table as a whole person. So yeah, please don't bring your dysfunction, right? <laughs> Clear right. that out of the closet before you get there, right? And the next one is? So number seven is forgiveness. Oh, huge. So we all have had someone who has wounded us yeah. intentionally or unintentionally. We've all had pain. And some of us have chose to suppress it and act like it's not there. Some of us have chose to heal from it. Um, some of us have also used that pain that's been inflicted on us as a way to act out and mm. turn it into a lifestyle of uh, toxic and dysfunction. So no matter how you address it, that forgiveness is going to play a huge role in any person's life. And so a person who has 
is lacking in forgiveness is also lacking in healthy relationships because mm-hmm. a healthy relationship requires forgiveness whether that's a relationship with a spouse a parent a family member a friend and also yourself see i've done many things in my life that i know i hurt people mm-hmm. i've disappointed myself and those who love yeah. me and one of the hardest things i've learned to do is forgive myself at that time in my life I was not in the right mindset to do what I was supposed to do. And so I've asked for forgiveness and I have to forgive myself and understand that I am forgiven. And that's what helps me get through because a person who is unforgiving is unable to love. Totally. And again, going back to that vulnerability, you know, being vulnerable enough, you're in heart, soul and spirit to forgive yourself and to ask forgiveness from others you are exposing yourself to that vulnerability, but it's, it's truth. And when it's done with, with real honesty, real authenticity, uh, real love from a place of real heart, that forgiveness is felt and it is received because people know that it is honest. So it's not just my, I forgive you. I forgive myself. It's not a question of that. Those are just words, right? People want to feel, the heart say it, the soul say it, the spirit say it, because that's when they really know that that uh, asking for forgiveness and the forgiveness of self is really, really true. So it's not just a question of going through the motions, it's actually being the emotion. So forgiveness is a huge one. Absolutely. It's your liberation. The- <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then number eight, um, is faith Mm. so no matter what a person believes everybody has faith in something or someone but it's more about what do you put your faith in yeah and so a lot of times i put my faith in people and they've let me down Mm -hmm. put my faith in myself disappointing myself Um, we sometimes you put our faith in our job the economy politician a law a country circumstance, a situation, put our faith in all these things that just change constantly. And what I learned through my journey is like, the faith that I have is not circumstantial. Mm-hmm. It does not change. So my faith is in God. Mm-hmm. God doesn't change. Mm-hmm. And that is, and that has been the greatest decision of my life is everything that I do is built upon my faith. Mm-hmm. God is love. And that love is a higher frequency. It's literally measured as a higher hertz. You cannot knowingly do any harm to anyone else when you're in that state of love. So when you're in whatever faith you are, whatever God you wish to call it, or even if you just wish to call it universal energy, it's in a higher energy of lovingness that is is all of the other seven things you were talking about. It's everything combined in there. And it's a state of beingness. You know, you're not just praying something. You are being, you are being that light. You are being that person. We don't want people just to be it on the surface. We want them to become it, to be it at the very core. And when you open up your heart, that's when your divine spirit and soul can speak to you and lift up your spirit and your mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it. But a closed heart can't hear anything. So however hard it's been injured, we have to open up that heart and you have to go through that process to do it, don't you? Absolutely. Those are eight very, very good Fs. They definitely are. And they're very simple. You know, they're, they're very simple, they're very achievable. And they're very poignant. And, you know, if people can just put that in a circle and go, okay, I'm just going to go around the circle, maybe not in any particular order, but I'm going to address each one of them uh, as a guidance system. Because we do need guidance, don't we? We, we as human beings do like to have a certain amount of structure. You know, when you were a veteran, you didn't go out into the field without your backpack of everything that you needed for whatever you were going to address. So if we can put in our backpack that faith, that forgiveness, the sense of fun, 
all the other F, F in there. Those become our skills and tools that we can apply to anything in life. And that's really what we need, isn't it? We're going to face things. Something's going to come up that you're going to have to face, but you can, you can draw on your backpack and go, okay, how am I going to treat this? And not be intimidated by it. Yeah, the more resources a person gathers, the more equipped they'll be for any situation. Exactly, exactly. And, but at the same time, it's being flexible, right? It's being flexible and allowing yourself to actually, um, you know, become that fun and know where, when to go in the wind and when not to. I want to talk a little bit about your other book, Losing Faith, Finding Hope. This one came before the, the Dash one? Losing Faith, Finding Hope is my most recent one. Your recent one. Um, and is this around your 2017 crisis? Yes, it's based on, um, so my wife and I, we were trying to help a child, you know, trying for years, didn't happen. And then eventually, trying for a while, we were blessed with a child. The challenging part was that child was born extremely premature. Mm. You know, my, our daughter was supposed to be born in May, but she ended up being born in January. Mm. So daily, we had to watch her struggle to breathe. And there are moments where she was doing well, and then we would watch her flatline. Mm. And then moments of her doing well, flatline again. And then one day she flatlined for the final time. Mm. And for the first time in my life and the last time in my life, I held her. Mm. I said goodbye to her. I told her I loved her. And I told her I'll see her again. And so my daughter's name was Faith. Mm. And that's what the story is all about, her life. What faith means to me, literally not only in my child, but in my beliefs. And the reason why I said losing faith is because I was losing her every yeah. day. I felt like I was going to lose her. And then she'd come back. But also I lost my faith in God because I, I, I thought that if I was a good enough husband, a good enough father, a good enough, you know, a believer that somehow I would be excused from the pain and the torments of life. But that's not how it works. And what that actually did is it built my faith even more. Yeah. And I was losing that faith and I, I never thought I'd be able to share openly with what I went through. But what I went through has prepared me for the opportunity to help so many people yeah. what people fail to realize that this little one pound girl mm -hmm. that you haven't even met before is making a difference and impact all over the world so just imagine what you as a fully grown adult imagine what you could do to make a difference in the world yes i'm very much a believer that we've signed soul contracts when we came come here and your daughter was here for that purpose it wasn't to put you through torment, but it was to show you what faith means and how to be that beacon of light for other people. Because it's really only through that crisis, that ultimate test and the ultimate pain that we truly do find ourselves, that we really do find the meaning of our life and we really understand what we're here for. And very often it does come through tragedy. Um, but when we step back and look at it, it's there's always a reason for it. And would you be doing the work you're doing now? Would you be having the impact you're having now on people? Would you be speaking to other people that are facing something similar in their lives and giving them hope if you hadn't gone through that? So as hard as it is, and very often I'm sure you asked why, why? But at the same time, you've already answered your why because it's now become your calling, your work, your paper, uh, purpose to show how we can have faith in our lives in if we're willing to have the hope. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have became an author, mm -hmm. speaker, coach. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have done any of that stuff. Right. It wasn't for her. It wasn't yeah. for my faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As I said, everybody goes through something in life and, and the people that I've interviewed that have left the biggest impact are those that have faced some of the biggest sacrifices, but they were willing to go through the journey, have the, go through the grief, uh, bottom out and literally have to learn to stand again. Um, 
willing to go through that process of, of releasing the pain, of rediscovery of themselves and what their calling is, what their meaningful purpose is, then stepping in that purpose and being of service to humanity. And ultimately, that is what we're all here to do, is to be of service to one another with the gift that we're given. And although sometimes it may not feel like it, she gave you that gift. And you're now passing that gift on to other people. Yeah, a gift is only good when it's passed along. Yes. It's meant to be just held to ourselves. It's meant to be shared. And that's the greatest gift. In giving, you're receiving what that gift means to people. That simple smile, that, that moment of aha, or lifting up somebody's heart or breaking through, you know, some sort of barrier. That is the greatest gift you can receive is in the gift that you give others, right? Absolutely. So you're on this journey now. And of course, world speaking right now, I assume it's just done by Zoom. Uh, so you haven't been on a plane hopping around the world as yet, but uh, maybe that is going to be opening up soon. Um, do you talk to any particular people or, you know, a, a, a demographic or, or is it anybody that's just really going through pain that's ready to hear? I think it's for anybody. Well, I know it's for anybody who has an open mind. And yeah. by, what I mean by open mind is for, for the person who understands that they're going through something, or even if they're not, they know someone who has. And it's having the ability to come open-minded to hear a story, mm -hmm. a story that will impact your life. And for the people who are ready to heal, because for a person who's not ready to heal or doesn't even admit that they have a hurt, they're going to have a hard time identifying with my message. So, yes. but for those who are ready to uh, admit that there's pain in this world and we need healing, those are the people that need to hear the message. And, you know, they, they can read the faith book first because then they understand your story, but they also understand the importance of faith. And then the other book is more the how-to book of what to apply, how to, to look at those simple eight steps and let them be your code in life. So you're, you're really kind of, you've paid attention to kind of the both sides of them. The, you know, the crisis side and the hope and the faith of coming through it. And then the skills and the tools on how to move on and to live by. Absolutely. I mean, the greatest teachers are those that have gone through it. You know, there are many people that just learn through a manual, you know, through theory, but the greatest teachers are those that have actually gone through it. And you know, when they speak to you that they have, and you can feel it in the heart, you can feel it in the soul. And those are the people that we listen to the most because we know they know, they understand. And that's what we're, where we're at in the world right now, isn't it? Is that the healing needs to begin. We've all had the reveal, we've all had the wake up, the universe came here to shake us up, to wake us up, for us to step up, to change it up and to grow up. And the grow up is a double entendre, you know, grow up, quit whining, but also grow up with that loving energy. And the more that we step into that loving energy, the more we're going to be the solution that we seek. So your timing of what you're doing is very necessary because whether whatever anybody's gone through, as you said, whether they're on the driftwood or in the yacht, everybody's coming out of something right now and trying to to get their legs again and stabilize so your teachings at the present moment of are very very apropos so how do people get hold of you and and how do you help them so people can get a hold of me on facebook jesse cruz twitter jesse cruz speaks instagram jesse cruz speaks linkedin jesse cruz and for those people who are on the clubhouse app it's Jesse Cruz Speaks on my website is jessecruzspeaks.com and just connect with me because I, my mission is to help people who are hurting and to give them hope. And how you give people hope is by sharing your story. So I help people tell their story in a way that is honoring and life-giving to not only help themselves get healed, but help other people heal from their pain and their hurts. Yes. And, you know, the both of the books, Live Your Dash and Losing Faith, um, you know, are both on Amazon. Um, there's put in your name and the titles and that will come up there. And, you know, I think this is, this is a one, two step. Um, you know, you need to read both books. Uh, 
not just to know your story, but just for it, it to understand, you know, the pain and you know how you work through that pain and then as i said the other steps become the the how to the the skills and the tools that you can apply to life and we're all trying to make sense out of something you know um, every single one of us has been gifted with some beautiful instrument and it's up to us to discover what that instrument is how to play it and then which orchestra to join but everything that we go through is so that we could be of purpose and of service to others because it's about community and as your t-shirt says together we stand and that is the importance of togetherness we are here to support one another comparison competitiveness judgment sorry they can all have their day and go somewhere else it's about compassion collaboration and about being there for one another which is really really important so thank you for going through your pain for writing about it for stepping up for making sense with the AFs and uh, you know speaking out and opening up that door for other people and letting them know the only permission they need is that from themselves to take that journey but you understand and you've shown them the next step and for some people that's all they need isn't it now knowing how do I stand up which foot do I put in front of each, uh, of each other because some people are so paralyzed by the event they don't even know how to stand up and they don't even know how to walk again and you show them the steps and that's important so thank you thank you so much for your time i appreciate you sarah and you too my love you too uh so please folks reach out for the books it's something that um th that not only will it touch your heart but it will awaken and the the eight steps are absolutely brilliant and it's a good code to live by in life but also it may give you, even if you haven't gone through something um, as traumatic, but it may give you an understanding of someone that has and how to approach them, how to be there for them, how to just simply pour your faith of love over them to help them through this process. So thank you, Jesse. It's been great having you here. Until the next time, folks. Bye for now. Welcome to selfdiscoverymedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is...